When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. And here we go. That explosion in Beirut yesterday was ridiculous. I, I've i seen it. I saw that explosion from about 15 angles, and I watched these videos about 15 times, I think. And every time, I am just, it, it's unreal to me. It, it, it looks like it's not even real. It actually kind of amazes me that, what do they say, about 100 people died in that so far? 100 people dead so far, 4,000 injured. It looks even worse. It looks even worse than that when you see these videos and people who are miles away that were taking video that got rocked, I mean, on their ass trying to film this thing. Uh, it's unbelievable. You know, it's funny how quickly social media turns, right? And it just, yesterday was just another great reminder of how full of shit Twitter is and Facebook is because I initially saw a video that was posted from somebody in Beirut of the explosion. First person says, oh my God, terrorism. Here we go. Somebody else said, uh, what did you do, Israel? Third comment, you guys are wrong. It was a fireworks factory that exploded. None of the three, none of the three were right. (laughs) Not one of them. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, of course, an ammonia nitrate explosion. You know, ammonia nitrate, as I understand it, is highly explosive. I don't know why they had that much of it being stored right there. But I suppose, thank God, it was on the port and not in the middle of town, or it could have done even more damage. But a red mushroom cloud. I haven't seen one of those in a very long time, and fortunately, never in person. But a red mushroom cloud? That's crazy. It is very how, scary. How bad is the air there right now in Beirut? Mm-hmm. How bad is that with all that ammonium nitrate in the air? I feel bad for the people. Hopefully they're staying away from that scene because that was fucked up. Yesterday was basically like a, a replay day because I was watching that explosion from so many different angles. And then the Leaf game came on and yeah, go Leafs go. They won. Freddie Anderson with a shutout. He's now allowed one goal in two games. Fantastic, Freddie. But that Jake Muzzin injury, I had to rewind it like three times and then still watch the replays to figure out where he got hurt because I didn't see it right away. It was such a subtle little fall where his neck jerked backwards that I don't even want to speculate as to what's actually wrong with him. But I'm not surprised they took him out on a stretcher. Yeah, it was actually really scary for a moment. Honestly, as I was watching it, I noticed how he was almost going in slow motion for a little bit there. Like, he knew something was not okay, but I wasn't sure if he had passed out or half passed out. or It was really hard to tell, obviously, with the helmet on and with him turned the way that he was. Uh, but it's freaky, and it, and it go, does go to show you how quickly something like that can happen when you're playing a game. Like, it very quickly can, can just happen. But we still don't know enough, I guess, on this, but he's not going to be playing for a bit. No, I don't think so. And, and one of the things that came up yesterday was questions about the bubble. 
what happens? Because all the players were contained. They were at right. the Royal York or they were at Scotiabank or they're allowed to go and socialize and mingle with each other over at BMO Field and a few other locations. But the hospital's not in the bubble. And he went to the hospital where a lot of COVID patients are. And it's not necessarily to say that you'll get COVID if you go to a hospital, but he's outside the bubble. So even if that was just a little stinger and he feels 100% today and he's ready to play tomorrow, he needs to self-isolate for a few days and be tested at Mm -hmm. least twice, probably three or four times before he's allowed to rejoin the team. Yeah, and you know what? So it should be that way. That's that's kind of part of the deal this season, right? And I know it sucks for Leaf fans. I'm one too, and that sucks because you have a good good player that if he feels good, which you got to question that too. Maybe he needs that rest up time. Go ahead and test him and let him rest up for a little bit anyway instead of throwing him right back into the game. Hockey historians quick to point out that now that the first team has been eliminated, who called the Rangers to be out first, by the way? Crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have pointed out, though, that this is the first time that both Jake Gardner and James Reimer have won a playoff series in Toronto. So congratulations wow. <laughs> to some former Maple Leafs. That's good news. <laughs> uh, the Wii controversy continues to be a scandal here in Canada. Uh, for those who are maybe our American listeners or those who don't watch a lot of news, Basically, the prime minister awarded an almost billion-dollar contract to a company that's got ties to his family. I watched a bit more of that testimony that I didn't see the first time. I was watching it over the weekend from when the prime minister was in front of the House Finance Committee. And one of the questions I really wanted answered and nobody asked was this. Mr. Prime Minister, have you or anyone in your office, any of your associates, ever discussed life after politics with the we organization hmm. have you ever been led to believe that there's a job waiting for you have you ever asked them if there would be an opportunity for justin trudeau to work for the we charity is that because, not allowed well i mean it adds to the narrative if that's true and a lot of people have speculated about what trudeau is going to do when he's done politics because he's still very young a lot of prime ministers go on to join law firms or they'll become a a member of a board that gets paid really really well what's trudeau gonna do though is he gonna go back to being a teacher i don't think so i i can't imagine he would he's a multi-millionaire he's he doesn't uh, need to go back to the classroom unless he wants to but a job at a very high profile charity like we where he gets to interact with celebrities and travel the world That would be a good gig, I would think. And given that they had some pretty serious financial issues until they got this $912 million contract, I'm wondering if maybe he was setting up his future career. I don't know if there's anything to it, but I would at least like somebody to ask the question, and nobody did. But we can see the effect it's having now. There's a brand new Leger poll out that says the majority... If the prime minister is found guilty for a third time of an ethics violation, would be okay with us having an election. Can I tell you, I'm actually in the minority on that. I don't want an election today, tomorrow, or any time no, in the near there's future. there's too much going on. There's too much going on. And maybe that's what, maybe liberals are pretty happy about that. <laughs> that people might think that way too. But, uh, Well, no. th- this is how bad it, it's fallen. Um of respondents say if Trudeau is found to have broken ethics laws for a third time, there should be a federal election to decide if he is fit to continue serving as prime minister. 35% disagreed. 16% said they're not sure. When it comes to overall popularity, 
The liberals have now dropped to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, A sitting government will always get a boost in the polls during a time of crisis. And the liberals, they shot right up at the beginning of the pandemic. They're now down to just 33% support nationally. The conservatives, who don't even have a leader right now, is right behind them at 31. And I don't know what it's going to take for the NDP to get some traction in this country, but they're still at just 20%. The Bloc has eight and the Green Party has six. That's a new Leger poll. If you want to check it out. Mm -hmm. I just, Uh, I don't know. If you dig polls, I I don't. They're never accurate. So I don't know. I, I feel like polls now are more accurate than actual election polls. I find that right around election time, the last minute ones they do, those ones tend to get screwed up because people change their mind or they just don't want to be honest with the pollsters. Right now, there's not a lot of reason to lie. So it's an interesting one anyway. Uh, Nationalnewswatch.com has published the full survey if you want to read it. Let's talk about how Disney's screwing parents. <laughs> okay. So, and you know what? There's there's a fair amount of people. I have actually like a girlfriend who does not have children that has Disney Plus because she loves Disney movies. So, okay. So it's not necessarily, you know, parents and families. But think about how much this costs for an individual person too. So here's the deal. Mulan. Disney was adamant. Mulan, which they spent lots of money on, the live action flick of Mulan was supposed to be in theaters back in March. Pandemic occurred. They scrapped it real quick and said, don't worry, guys, this will hit theaters. It's just going to be in summer. We're going to move this. We're going to push this to the summer and push Marvel. uh, I think it was Black Widow that was supposed to be out this time of year. So anyway, they did all that pushing and they said, no, it'll be in theaters. I'll be in theaters. Well, of course, here we are. And you can't do that. You're not going to make money anyway. You could certainly put it in theaters and there are some theaters open, but you're not going to make a ton of money because you have to find enough people to willing to go to the theater and everything else. Right. So what they're trying to do to make some of the money (laughs) that they're going to lose on this, basically, is put it on the Disney Plus streaming service. Makes sense, right? But they want to charge $30. It's a rental fee. It's not like you own it on the subscription service. It's a rental fee. Um, It's a new video on-demand rental premium service inside Disney Plus, which means, in other words, you have a Disney Plus membership for 9 bucks, 10 bucks a month. This is on top of that, that you can rent Mulan for 30 bucks. That's bullshit. I don't care how much money it costs them to make this movie. Guys, you had a choice here. You could either put it in theaters or do what Netflix does. Netflix invests billions, well, at least high hundreds of millions, into making their own productions, and it's free for subscribers. For Disney to double dip like that, charge you a subscription fee monthly, and then charge you 30 bucks, and you don't even own it? To watch this movie, that's a slap in the face to anybody who's spending that money on a mm-hmm. monthly subscription, I think. Yeah, it's steep. And I think that there's other things. That, and by the way, um, when you look around the Internet and people who have Disney Plus especially, because I was curious what they would think this morning uh, when we were talking about it on our uh, morning radio show. Most people, not a fan, not happy. They're not going to do it. They think 30 bucks is a bit of a ripoff when they could just play a different movie on the streaming service and their kids will be just as happy or they will. And they'll watch Mulan when it because, you know, it's going to come to the service eventually for no charge. So it's a matter of, are you willing to wait for it? And I think most people might be. So this may end up backfiring, but let's keep in mind, they have over 60 million subscribers to their Disney Plus. So there's going to be enough people, I think, that will say yes to this $30 fee where they will recoup some of that. What I think they should have done, though, to not piss off people entirely, and maybe some people will be pissed off enough to get rid of the service altogether, or maybe not. Maybe they'll just be pissed off, but they'll continue on with their Disney Plus streaming what they're streaming. What they probably should have done is 
given an option. If you have Disney Plus, hey, thanks for your loyalty and for sticking with us and for getting Disney Plus. Here's the deal. You're going to get to watch Mulan for $15 for half price. If you And then give an option for those who don't have Disney Plus. Don't have Disney Plus, not sure you want to get it. That's going to be $30. Does that sound fair? Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I, I just don't like taking advantage of the subscribers like that. You know, I mean, I'm thinking about my daughter, for example. She's 21 years old and still a huge Disney fan. So she subscribes to Disney+. Plus. She's willing to spend that money that she works hard for to earn a paycheck. And, and now they want to jack her for another 30 bucks. I mean, she could go to the movies with some friends and see it for 12, 13. And they want to charge her 30 and you don't even yeah. own it. Like, They're assuming there's going to be families gathered around their television sets watching this. Th- yeah, that's but- what that's what that $30 price tag tells me. A and B, they need to, like I said, they need to recoup some losses. Because if it had been in theaters, maybe it would have made, you know, first weekend in $60 million. I don't know what the forecast was initially for this back in March. I'm going to guess like whatever. Let's say it's, oh, 50, 60 million bucks first weekend alone. Maybe, actually, maybe higher for Mulan. I'm not sure. But they want to try to make up as much of that as possible because they did spend a lot on it. I don't know. They're calling this, by the way, a one-off. They say this is just a one-off for them. The next movie they have that's scheduled to be released, they're going to keep traditional in theaters. That's Black Widow. Uh, Okay, fucking good luck for that. Good luck. They'll end up putting it on the on-demand if this goes well for them. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kraft is trying to get us to eat Kraft dinner for breakfast. Let me explain before you shit on it. dumb. Before you shit on it. Before you shit on it. It's dumb. Sorry, too late. I should. Dumb. Go. They did a survey and they found 56% have let their kids eat mac and cheese for breakfast or if they typically do are letting them do it more often now. So now they've decided to embrace the idea by giving out special edition boxes that say macaroni and cheese breakfast instead of macaroni and cheese dinner. So you can, I I think at some point they'll market them, but right now you can win them. It's a hashtag contest that you can use, and they're going to send you, in addition to boxes of KD for breakfast boxes, you'll also get uh, a magnet, for example, that lists different recipes, i.e. topping it with bacon and eggs or crumbled sausage. There's some options. Why do you hate this idea? Okay, look. (laughs) First, well, here's here's what I hate. It's the whole market. I get why they're doing it. It's a gimmick. It's a gimmicky thing, right? They're just throwing breakfast on the box, but it's the exact same box of Kraft Dinner you could have for breakfast any day of the week if you really, really wanted to. Trying to position it as a breakfast food. You're not going to make fetch happen. That's that's what I think of automatically. Like, I understand what you're trying to do here, but it probably won't happen. But it's working on the marketing aspect case in point we're talking about it i i don't know i'm not a breakfast person anyway i don't usually do breakfast but if i did have a craving to eat something that was not traditionally a breakfast food for breakfast oh i would definitely not go kd i would definitely not come close to doing a pasta dish if if you count kd as pasta (laughs) i don't understand how kd became a meal in the first place it's not real homemade pasta by any means not by any stretch 
It's not even real cheese. But for whatever reason, if you add milk, that powder turns into a cheesy-like substance that kind of maybe resembles the flavor of cheese. And all of a sudden, university students all across the world are like, sign me the fuck up. I, I don't get it. It actually doesn't taste good. It just flat out tastes bad. There's so many other things you could make besides mac and cheese. And it's not even cheap. Back in the day. What? The most you would pay for a box of mac and cheese. The most was 99 cents. Half the time you could get it for 59, 69 or 79 cents. Now some of them they're charging like three bucks a box. Get three for eight dollars. Three for ten is sometimes a deal. That's not a deal. What is the cost on that? It can't be more than 15 cents a box. It can't be. Crazy it's, that people want to eat this for cheap. breakfast. No, it's, 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 you're, you're right. It's, it's absolutely cheap. Uh, nice try from them. But I, again, I just don't think they're going to actually make it happen. No one's going to be like, you know what? Let's put some sausages and some eggs on top of some KD this morning. No, no, that's okay. Having- that's too much work. Having said that, there's also a lot of nonsense that people do eat for breakfast on an ongoing basis. That's really not good for them either. Nope. It's not exactly giving you what you need for the day yeah. when you just eat a box of, of cereal that's nothing but sugar. Yep. It, it's just not even whole grains. It's just regular and it's filled with marshmallows. Just because you put milk on it does not mean it's giving you all the things you need to start off your day. Um, let's talk about chores for a second here. Are there any chores that you will intentionally butcher? Just totally screw them up so that your partner will say, stop, I'll do that from now on. Mm-hmm. You're not good at doing that, so I will take that over. And that was low-key your plan all along. Has it ever happened? Yeah, well, you know what? It hasn't actually come to that point because I've been told that I could learn how to cut the lawn if I wanted to. But then... When my husband explained to me how exactly he liked the long cut in what direction to make it look the best, I said, well, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to do it. I just cutting the lawn is cutting the lawn to me, but not to him. So it didn't even get to the point where I tried it and I would have butchered it if I did. But that's his thing. And that's what he likes doing. So I usually leave that to him. Yeah, for me, if I can get out of I mean, I live alone. I think most people know that. So I can't really get out of doing any chores. But I'll tell you. If the girlfriend comes over and I've got an unfolded basket of laundry in the living room and she wants to be nice and fold it for me, I'm not even going to argue with her. Yeah, because it's a shitty job. Folding laundry is the worst chore you can do. I don't nobody likes it. I don't mind it at all. Wait, what? I don't mind it. And I've got little baby clothes and stuff like that to fold, which is a real pain in the ass. And I do it constantly, by the way. Like I do laundry every other day. Every other day because I have kids and they're messy. But I actually don't mind it. But I usually do other things while I'm folding. I don't just fold. Usually I'm all, that'll be my time to watch uh, some kind of a show that I like or listen to a podcast or music that I like. And then I do it and it's not that bad. Cleaning the bathroom, dusting, sweeping, all chores that people have intentionally screwed up with the hope that their partner would just take that task over for them. We talked about this on our FM radio show this morning, and we got a fantastic text message from someone who said, (laughs) I admit my boyfriend has offered to show me how to use the lawnmower, but I'm kind of scared of it. And the trimmer thingy, I told him I'm only doing that if he gets a battery powered one. 
<laughs> I don't think there's anything in my house that I'm afraid of, per se, but that's another good strategy if you want to get out of doing this shit. 18% of women and 32% of men have tried that trick where they pretend they're really bad at it so their partner will take it over. Mm. One in five say they'd rather have help with the laundry than be taken out for a date. Well, that's a great date option then going forward, isn't it? Really? Is it that bad? Okay, but you've been on Tinder. Let's say you're on Tinder and you've just seen uh, no after no after no. Loser, 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 not interested. You know what? That laundry's not going to do itself. Maybe you could give one of those guys a chance, but the condition is instead of going to a movie or instead of going to dinner, why don't you come over here? I will pre-wash everything and then we will fold together. I'll be honest with you. It it was a long pandemic. If I got that offer, I might actually consider it. (laughs) You want to do a laundry folding date, do you? That's okay. I can get behind that, I think. (laughs) Not the worst idea anyway, right? I think there's something to it. Um, Tell me if this is too harsh. 14-year-old kid from Phoenix has been severely punished by his parents because he took the family Range Rover out for a drive Uh while the family was out of town celebrating an anniversary. (gasps) They found out when the cops gave them a call and said, whoever was driving your vehicle, please slow down. That was a residential area. That was uh, in lieu of a ticket. They got a good talking to. The problem is they didn't know that their vehicle was being driven. Put two and two together. Talk to the kid. Yeah, the kid stole the car. (gasps) Decided to go out for a drive while mom and dad were out of town. So, as a punishment, can you think of a good punishment off the top of your head, by the Mm. way? Oh, my God. Like, we're talking about a kid that doesn't even have a... It's not even like, oh, they have the driver's license and then they took the car, but they weren't supposed to take the car. It's 14, 14 years old. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I got to think on that, but I could probably come up with something creative. They took away all of his stuff, everything. Sure. They moved everything from his room out in front of the house, including his bed, his clothes, his TV, <laughs> dressers, and more. He sat there on the lawn with a sign that said, sorry, I stole my parents' car and was speeding. People were allowed to come by and take whatever they wanted. <gasps> Take his stuff. Wow. I Can I say, bravo, parents. I actually quite like that one. Is that too harsh? Put that on the TikTok, you little <laughs> fucker. Uh, I like that. I actually, I like that punishment. Is that too harsh? No. Nope. Because this is a kid that needs to learn a lesson. Not only did, like, they don't have their license, A. Like, they broke so many laws and rules, right? Like, household rules, actual laws, with this one stupid act. Did he get the car back safely, though? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, he did. Uh, who, taught him to, who taught him to drive? Or did he teach himself? I mean, I do have many questions there. I don't know if it was uh, PlayStation or Xbox, but I'm going to assume <laughs> there was some Grand Theft Auto involved. There. I ask because, I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you a true, true story. When I was um, a teenager, so I think we were all about 16 years old. No, not sorry, not 16, like 14, 15 years old, probably same. I actually, and I have many regrets, and this is one of them, one of several that I care to admit. Um, I had a friend who would drive his parents' car. 
And he was about, yeah, like I said, he's about 14, 15 years old. So didn't even have a driver's license, not even a G1, nothing. And we got into the vehicle and he was driving it around. But he was actually quite a good driver. But when I asked about it, I said, okay. And it was not a long drive because it did make me nervous. But I asked him, you know, how did you figure out how to drive? Because this was all new to me. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't have those kind of parents that put me behind the wheel when I was, you know, 13 for, a, for jokes in a parking lot. Never happened. You like never it, sat on grandpa's knee and never, drove the car while he did the pedals? Never, never. I just, I learned when I got my G1, that's when I could go into the car. That was it. And I, I followed the rules, basically. But I was so, so curious about it. Anyway, turns out his parents taught him how to drive. His parents said, oh, fuck these rules. You know, you can, you can go ahead and drive the car, but I'm going to teach you and I'm going to teach you responsibly. And I know there are people that have done that. So I, I am curious hearing that story, how a 14-year-old knew how to get into a car and drive. Obviously, drive too fast and do all those things and break the law. But you got to think like someone taught him. And I'm not necessarily saying the parents did. It could have been an older friend or who knows, right? But someone along the lines let him drive a car before. This couldn't have been his first time behind the wheel. No, I don't think so. He kind of figured out what he was doing pretty quick if that was his first time. So I'm going to assume that he had a, a head start. Somebody gave him some tips on how to do it. Maybe he just YouTubed it. You can go on YouTube and learn you how to drive. You can YouTube anything. This is true. I mean, not necessarily uh, a good lesson, but enough to get you to get the car started well, you need to and, have a feel. and get you down the street anyway. Sure, absolutely. You do need to have a feel for a vehicle, though. Like the first time when you get in a car and you start driving it, you you don't feel balls to the walls enough to speed through a neighborhood. I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here and others would say that's not true. But there's no way I would feel that confident behind the wheel my first time taking a car out. No way. We We are so short on time here, so I don't know how we're... Okay, I'm going to do one more story, and then I'm going to save the Dr. Dre prenup and prenups in general for tomorrow's podcast. Because when it comes to a prenup, I know it's a divisive issue in relationships, but I'm going to say it is absolutely necessary. And I'll tell you why in tomorrow's podcast. Before we wrap this one up, people, we need you to say a little prayer for the great people of San Francisco. The Bay Area is now down to just one Hooters location now that so many have gone out of business during the pandemic. And that's the real casualty of this (laughs) COVID-19 is we've lost all the Hooters. Okay. Can I give you a probably a not popular, maybe controversial hot take here? Sure. You don't need to hold a candlelight vigil for everything because that trivializes all of them. So stop with your shitty candlelight vigils to try and save the fucking hooters in san francisco stop it because while you and a couple of your buddies might miss going there for good wings and cold beer and watching a game the vast majority of people don't give a shit stop with your candlelight vigils for everything holding one because you're down to just one hooters in san francisco bay is dumb so stop that shit right now second one I'll just say it. Stop with your dumb change.org petitions. Oh, okay. In so, this case, yeah, they don't work ever. I don't think uh, if you compare the number of change.org petitions out there and add up the ones that were actually successful in creating change, you'd realize how futile it is. So generally speaking, I will not sign a change.org petition because I think they're dumb. It's a waste of time. And I don't think they go anywhere. And they usually get started for the wrong reasons anyway. Mm -hmm. However, putting your name on a change.org petition 
to try and get another Hooters in San Francisco is one of the <laughs> dumbest fucking ideas I've ever heard. You're better off. You are a here's you are a moron if no. you signed that damn petition. Hang on though. Sorry for my microphone noises here. So hang on because here's the right way to go about it. Yes, you could absolutely waste your time, and I don't disagree with you on the waste of time for change.org. Okay? Waste of time ninety percent of the ninety percent of the time. We'll go ninety and I'll be nice, but I want to say ninety five percent of the time it's a waste of time. Instead Hop on a hop on a crowdfunding site. Hop on a Kickstarter. If you're willing to actually, or you know someone who is willing to start and 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 be ahead of that franchise in that area, contact them first. Crowdfund to get that started. Is that a bad idea? Because I feel no, like that's less a of a waste at all. I feel like that's less of a waste of time than a than a petition. Who the fuck are you petitioning? You think money grows out of nowhere? Like who are you petitioning to get it back? It's confusing. Dear tits, it, we need more of you in San Francisco. Honestly, if you if you close it down, there's a reason why it's closed down. Money. Money is the reason. So find the money, you can open the Hooters. Signing an online forum doesn't bring doesn't give money anywhere. And if it did, well fuck, I'll be here all day signing petitions. But it doesn't. So that's stupid to me. You gotta use your brain a little bit more on that one crowdfunding. Um, like I said, I don't know if you can do Kickstarter for French for franchises. I really don't know, but something along those lines, start a fund, have someone backing it. That is actually, that has a lot of experience in the restaurant industry, I suppose, and, and go, and go for it. But otherwise change.org is not the way to go. Thank you. Uh, you know, I didn't even get a chance to talk about the return to school shit either. Uh, tomorrow we've got some time. So tomorrow we'll dedicate a decent amount of time in the podcast to prenups and the return to school in September because I've almost had enough. I'm almost at my wits end with the complaining, but no solutions. So that will come up in tomorrow's podcast. You guys are awesome for downloading this one. Thank you very much, everybody. Now hit that subscribe button and tell a friend about After 9. Do it.